With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom. Simply visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate to make a difference today. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Lucy Rogers has a BA in law, majoring in philosophy from the University of Auckland. She is a junior barrister practicing in criminal defense and mental health law. And we are about to talk to Lucy. And the reason we got to uh, this point is uh, an email that came over our desk from the Free Speech Union. The subject line was, can you believe this would happen in New Zealand? I received a very disturbing call. And it was from criminal barrister Lucy Rogers, who joins us. Hi, Lucy. Kia ora. Kia ora. So, okay, so you went to the Free Speech Union, Jonathan Ayling, and he he got that out there. And obviously that's where, where people become aware of it, including us. So can you take us back to the day first and sort of go through what happened so we can sort of get a, an idea of what, of what took place? Sure. So it was a Saturday. I had to work on my weekend because um, I was representing someone in a jury trial uh, in the middle of a four-week trial. Wow. And okay. So I had to be in court on the Monday um, and so had to be working on a Saturday. Um had been working all day for five or six hours, um, got to the end of the afternoon and we decided to take a coffee break. I had no idea at this point that there was any sort of pro-Palestine protest going on or um, it was all rather spontaneous. But as I walked out to get coffee, I could hear this chanting from a few streets away and sort of figured out what, what was going on and um, realised that there was a march down Queen Street. Uh, right. Yep. With a few thousand people. Um, I felt very, very moved, and I felt that my conscience compelled me to speak out, to say something. So Was that I, a spontaneous thing, or have you been in, have you experienced that before? I know, I've, I've been in a few protests. I'm just curious to, to know if that's something that kind of um, you, you lean towards anyway, or, or this particular occasion sort of touched you. Um. I wouldn't say that I'm a professional protester. <laughs> okay, I, I mean, cut to the chase. <laughs> um, I've I've um, participated in a few protests across the course of my life. I mean, for yep. example, I was actually in the Herald um, holding the banner at the head of a protest to, against mining the Coromandel a few years ago okay, when they yep. first came into power in uh, 2008, I think. Um right. Uh, well, sorry, not first came into power, but first in my lifetime. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Um, or at least in my living memory. Um, and so, yeah, I've participated in a few protests across the course of my life, like most people, I imagine, but um, I, I wouldn't say that I'm an, an activist and certainly not in this particular area of Israel-Palestine. So you reacted to that, you felt that, you reacted to it, obviously felt you had to do something because you did. And that's where kind of the, the dominoes start to fall. The trouble starts to um, begin. Okay. So carry on. Yeah. So I just, um, I was, I, I was hesitant to do anything about it. So I thought, well, I've got to be back at work, but you know, I can take five minutes of my life. I've been working hard all afternoon and I have notified my employer and my colleagues that um, I was going to be taking a, a breath of fresh air anyway. Um, so I thought I'll literally take five or ten minutes out of my life um, 
you know, while I'm out getting coffee. So I popped into a nearby shop, um, bought a large A2 piece of cardboard or paper, uh, wrote selective condemnation of genocide is evil in it on in capital letters. Right. Um, there was no other caption on the sign and there was no image on the sign. Well, was, so, was that a spontaneous like um, um, set of words that you just like yep. just blurted out right there onto the cardboard? Yeah. Okay. Um, no symbols, no pictures, no other content to the sign whatsoever. That was what was on the sign in capital letters with um, I wrote, hand wrote it with a marker pen. Okay. Uh, yeah. Had no idea at this stage that there was the slightest possibility that I was going to get arrested. It didn't even cross my mind. This is New Zealand after all. Yes, precisely. Um, but walked out of the shop, um, turned the corner onto Queen Street, and held the um, sign above my head as the protesters walked towards me on Queen Street. Okay, so you weren't in the crowd. You were on the side, on the on the footpath or whatever, waiting for them to go past. Yeah. Sign of solidarity there, but you're not like, yeah, okay, got it. Um, and I don't know how familiar you or your listeners are to, with Queen Street's layout, but they have very wide footpaths. Yeah, I'm very familiar, so, and yes, I know. Um, so I was nowhere near the protesters. I was several meters away from the road. I was squarely in the middle of the pavement. Yeah. So I was not obstructing anyone's way. I was not getting in the way of the protest. Um, in fact, the cops were in between me and the protesters. Yeah. Um, and there were quite a few cops around. Um, and I was not obstructing the way of any passers-by on the footpath either. So it wasn't that there was any sort of... Um, so we can take that off the table, right? That, that's, yeah. that's not relevant. Okay. So anyway, I had only been there for perhaps 30 seconds when I was accosted by a number of police officers okay. um, who immediately tore my sign out of my hands without giving me any reason for why they were doing this, um, ripped it up. I was left with a Sorry, small ripped piece. it up? Ripped, ripped it, it up. up. Okay. Yeah. I was left with a small piece of the original sign in my hand, but they had about 90% of it. Um and then they refused to give it back and tried to um, pressure me to leave the area. Um, and in fact, purported to instruct me with the, um, you know, th th there is a provision of our law that says that you must comply with the lawful order of a police officer. Lawful, lawful. Yes. But I can get into what that means later. Um, suffice it to say that they can't tell you to a handstand, for example. Um, <laughs> okay. There are limits on yeah. what they can and cannot tell you to do. Yeah. Um, so they purported to exercise that power to tell me to leave. Um, and of course, I, being a criminal defense lawyer, I knew that um, they're not allowed to dictate where I can stand on a public footpath if I'm not obstructing foot traffic. Uh, so I refused. Um, by the way, I should add that by this point, they had actually physically pushed me around quite a bit. Okay, so uh, how, how would that describe how that, that is? Um, well, just pushing their, putting their hands on my chest and pushing me around and trying to, to physically get me to leave. Okay, so to, to change your physical position, to maneuver yes. you out, okay. Well, to, to make me walk away, to oh, yeah, leave right. the area, not just to switch me to a different part of the footpath, although later on that was quite 
But at this point, no, they were trying to just get me to leave full stop. Okay. Now, who were the police? What what was the mix of these officers? Were they young? Were they? Was there any experience uh, that you could obviously um, see in there? Or who who were the cops dealing with you? There was a man there who I found out later um, was the officer in charge. So okay. there, there, there was a person of authority within the police present, and he is in the footage that I took of the incident. As for the others, I mean, I have no idea. Um, well, I, I've seen that bit of footage, and it seems that um, there's a, I think it's the female cop basically instructing you from what I picked up, and uh, I think there was a, a male cop, and they both look pretty young, I've got to say. Um, um, and I think the uh, the older gentleman you're talking about, I think I, I know the one you mean, I don't think he said during this bit anything, did he? He was fully on board with them arresting me. Um, yeah, but they, but they was, did the work. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, all, all of them were involved. I mean, if you watch the footage, they were all involved in arresting me. Yeah. Um, well, I, no, I, I, I'm leading up leading up to the arrest. Those initial that initial contact and um, what they were saying. That's also a video. So. Um, well, um, I mean, I only started recording them after they'd already torn my sign off. All oh, right, at that but point. there's no yeah. there's no recording of what was said prior to that point. Okay, gotcha. And so they were certainly all but joining. That's after that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but, um, <clears throat> um, okay. So they they've done the sign. They tried to hustle you off. Yeah. What's the moment of arrest then? Um. So what happened was, um, because as I say, I had absolutely no idea that there was the remotest possibility that I was going to get arrested for peacefully protesting on a public street. Um, I had not thought to get a recording of all of these um, incidents and, you know, the stuff that happened in advance. So I only started recording partway through. Yeah, okay. Um, But that was when when they took my sign off me and, you know, destroyed my sign and refused to give it back. That was when I realised, okay, there's an incident here. I need a recording of what's going on. Yeah. And I certainly need a, a recording of their cop IDs. Now, I'll just say a little bit about this for anyone who's ever in similar circumstances. Sure. Um, all police officers, when they're out and about, will have on their shoulders a cop ID number, which is unique to them. What that means is that they can be identified later. So if you're ever in a situation like I was, get out your phone and record the ID numbers that are on their shoulders so that they can subsequently face disciplinary action. So I knew that I needed to get their cop ID numbers. That was what I was doing at that time. I So I recorded their cop ID numbers, and that was how the video starts, you can see. But once that had happened, I also wanted to get a record of what precisely had happened because I didn't have a picture of the sign, for example. So what I did as soon as I had their cop ID numbers in my phone is I said, to one of the police officers, can you confirm what you've just done? Um, and I can't remember my exact words, but words to the effect that you've just taken my sign off me, which said that selective condemnation of genocide is evil. Um, you've you've taken my sign off me and destroyed it, and you're not giving it back. He declined to reply, um, which is basically confirmation, implicit yeah, confirmation of what I had just said. Yep. Yeah. Um, and also subsequently the police press release when they when I took this to the Herald, when I took this to the media, um, they did not deny that that was what the content of the sign was. They just simply said that regardless of what the content of the sign was, our actions were justified, which is pretty appalling, by the way. Anyway, so I then 
after I'd got their cop ID numbers, that was first things first, I then got on camera a, a record of exactly what had been on the sign by saying to this police officer, who was the guy in charge, by the way, the, the one I was talking to at the stage, yep, yep. Um, can you please confirm what you've just done and what was on that sign? He didn't reply. So then I have this other female police officer uh, at this point basically trying to bully and intimidate me. Um, I can't remember if it was in the footage or not or whether it was before that, but she threatened to arrest me. And I said, <laughs> well, go ahead and arrest me then. Like, do you think that you can intimidate me? I'm a criminal defense lawyer. I know what the law is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I am completely unfazed at being threatened with arrest for things that I know that I haven't done wrong. Um, How did that go down? I don't think she liked it very much. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't think that was in the, in the footage, actually, but I'm not sure it could well, be. Well, I, I think I heard her say, I think it's the woman, same woman, I think um, in answer to a question from you, and she said, because you could start a bloody riot. Yeah, she said, um, look, the, the protesters are going to get upset, the pro-Palestinian protesters are going to get upset, and it's going to start a riot. Yeah. Um, so leave. Um, How you could be so sure, I don't know. Well, if you were her. this is actually an important point. There had been no indication whatsoever at that point that the, the protesters intended violence towards me. No one had threatened me. No one had shouted at me. No one had tried to assault me. Uh, and they had noticed me, by the way. They had seen my sign. And so in, in the footage that I took, you can actually see one of them is holding up his Palestinian flag, trying to obstruct protesters' view of my sign. So that was the extent of people's reaction. There was no indication of violence. The police just did what they wanted regardless. So do you think, okay, so what's going on here? Are they um, uh, so risk-averse that they'll smash people's everyday rights to avoid, I don't know, someone being upset or, or starting a riot? Um, um, I don't I don't think it would have started a riot. Or are, are they showing some sort of bias or... Or what, what do you think it is? I asked some question by the New Zealand Herald reporter, and I said, look, my answer is I'm not a mind reader. Um, no, I know, but it's, uh, it's, it's got to be something. I, I They're trained, that, aren't they? That's why they – I, I just think that we were, if we were at a Save the Dolphins protest and there was someone there who just had some objection, that, you know, I, I certainly would not have been – What would that be? Um <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's something about their perception of what people who support Palestinian rights believe, which is actually quite distressing to me because... But this um, is, who cares? It's none of their business. Well, uh, I mean, I actually have, and I can go into this later, and I will go into this later, I have very serious objections to a lot of what Israel is doing in Gaza. So... Um, I, I think it's wrong that the police should assume that anyone who's protesting for Palestinian rights is uh, violent. Um, uh, anyway, I can't remember. How did we get onto this? Yeah, no, I, I was yeah, trying to, right. I, I yeah. asked the question, what, what, so, what, where are they coming yeah, from? Yeah, you know, what, yeah. what is their motivation for being so authoritarian towards you, uh, who at this stage, unbeknown to them, you're a criminal barrister. They probably should have thought more about that. Uh, being, uh, I warned uh, them. I told them that I was. Yeah. But um, but essentially, you just, you know, um, Kiwi citizen in the street 
exercising in a situation which was happening in real time, reality, exercising what we all think is is a natural right, right, God-given, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, to be honest, I'm just not concerned with what their motivations were here. It may be that they had the best motivations in the world. Having the best motivations in the world doesn't make what they did legal. And that's my concern here. Um, yeah, but but again, I'd say as the dumb person who doesn't know much about legal stuff, it's just common sense. That's just natural. It's a natural thing. You don't need to know where the legal lines are, are drawn to know if you're the cop that this is just so overstepping. And that's not what you yep. signed up for, lady or guy. Yeah, oh, and it, yeah, sure, absolutely. It, in addition to being illegal, it's wrong. That's that's absolutely correct. Um, yep. And I think that what's going on is it's possible that they were motivated by animosity towards uh, my message. But I, yeah. cer- what I certainly believe is that I think that this was lazy policing. That okay, they, yeah. Yeah. Um, they have a particular aim, which is to avoid any sort of um, riot or violent dispute or me being assaulted. And so they're prepared to do basically anything, um, even if it's illegal, to prevent that from happening. And that's my concern that that should not be happening. Um, it is deeply wrong and deeply concerning, and it's an abusive process. So what happens? How, how do you work this through? You, what are you doing um, about it? Oh uh, well, I mean, I haven't even finished the story yet. Actually. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. No, keep me. <laughs> finish the story. So, I don't mean to jump the gun. Um. So yeah, there's this woman telling me leave. Um. Oh. And then when she realizes that I'm not going to leave. Oh, there's the arresting she, bit, of course. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's she, the best bit. She says, well, okay, you know, you've got to stand here. Here in this particular bit of the, the footpath um, and nowhere else. Oh, so she's telling you the physical uh, coordinates of where you can be. Yep. And I, by this point, was not going to be dictated to by a police officer who had just stolen my sign destroyed it, yeah. assaulted me by pushing me around. And one of the occasions where she pushed me, by the way, is on camera. Okay, yep. Um, there was no way that I was simply going to meekly comply with whatever she wanted me to do. So I peacefully walked to one side of her and the other police officers to just stand there silently. And by the way, it was going to be silently. I was not going to shout at the protesters. There is no evidence of that. Yeah. Um, you can watch the video for yourself. I was not shouting at this and, and at no point did I shout at anyone. And it didn't even occur to me until afterwards that I even could have shouted at anyone. But, um, I mean, even then, I don't think that I would have done so. The reason being that um, I knew, you know, I know how important it is that I actually remain silent and didn't give them an excuse to say, oh, Lucy Rogers was shouting into the crowd, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah um, yep. So I was simply... And I say this hand on my heart, simply going to stand there silently watching the protest and convey through my facial expression what I thought of them. Right. Um, but this was too much for the cops, apparently. And so as I was walking to one side of them, and you can see in the video that I was still several meters apart from the protesters, not up in their space. I was grabbed from behind. Um, they put handcuffs on me and frog marched me over to the side of the footpath. Um, all of this is on camera. Um, at which point they uh, tell me that I'm under arrest for breach of the peace and for failure to comply with the lawful order of a police officer. 
Uh, and then, yeah, they, they read me my lawful, rights. Lawful order. Lawful. Well, I'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. I yeah, will no, get I'm to sure it. you will. <laughs> uh, Carry on, sorry. Um, but my phone camera is still recording at this point. I didn't turn it off. And right. So, um, and then when they confiscate it from me, when I'm at the side of the road, um, it's still recording because they didn't think to turn it off. <laughs> Not so smart. Okay. Um, and so once they finish reading me my rights, they then uh, walk me back to their police van, which is on the road. Um, this was quite humiliating because I assumed that passers-by would, um, would see this and um, conclude that I must have done something to deserve being arrested, that I must have been causing trouble. They call that a perp walk in the US, don't they? The perp walk. I haven't heard the term, but okay. Yeah, perpetrator walk with your handcuffs on, displayed in front of everybody, you know. Anyway, they then subject me to a body search, which what is illegal, um, given you can only there are, you can only body search people under specific circumstances, and given that the circumstances of my arrest were illegal, they weren't allowed to arrest me. It was illegal to search me. What? So they're looking for what? She said, "Do you have any weapons or anything?" Weapons. These people have fevered imaginations, don't they? Yeah, but I didn't have anything on me apart from my phone. So that's a weapon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow. Okay. I also say to them, okay, well, you've just said to me, uh, one of the rights that you have that they read you when you're arrested is that you have the right to consult a lawyer without delay and in private. So I said, well, I'll forego the, the private aspect, but I would like to a colleague of mine who is a criminal defense lawyer who's in the me- a meeting that I've just left. Here's his number, and I recited it. Um, I want to call him now uh, and exercise my right to counsel. They wouldn't let me do that. Oh, okay, Amazing. how did they refuse that then? Because uh, presumably they've actually, just read you that. I, I don't actually recall precisely what they said, but they, they just didn't for whatever reason. Okay. And so I said to them, well, can you at least let him know where I am? And they said, okay, we'll, we'll give them a call. So thanks very much, mate. But anyway, that, then they, they put me in the back of their paddy wagon, still in handcuffs, by the way. Not nice. Where I sit for 10 or 15 minutes. On your own? Yeah, on my own. Yep. And wondering, oh, God, my colleagues are going to be wondering where I am. They won't um, believe this. Because <laughs> they, they have no idea at this stage. Yeah. No. So I thought, but I thought, well, um, I'll ring my other colleague just in case the first person that I named uh, doesn't have his phone on in a meeting or whatever, which is pretty normal in meetings to have your phone off. So I sort of wrapped on the back of the uh, the van. There's a sort of um, uh, see-through pane of glass or plastic perhaps. I'm not sure what yeah. it was. Yeah. In between the back of the paddy wagon and the front where the cops are sitting. Um, so I sort of knocked on the back of that and said, hey, look, um, can you go into my phone contacts, please? Call and I named my colleague, whom I won't bring into this, call him and and let him know where I am, just in case the first person that I told you to call doesn't pick up his phone. It was at this point that they realized that I hadn't actually arrived at Queen Street that day for the purpose of protesting, that I actually had a meeting that I had. Oh, out. right. Okay. Yeah, there was yeah. A, I was on a coffee break and I was supposed to be getting back there. I had explained that to them before they put me in the van, but I don't think they'd taken that on board. So they, they painted a picture in their heads of this crazy protesters turned up, got the sign, about to incite a whole lot of aggro, won't listen to 
um, our barking orders, and and then they go, oh, okay. Um, well, I <laughs> not think like that, that at all. They ask me things like, oh, where's your car location? And it's like, I, I didn't understand at first what they were on about. Why are you asking about the car? Do you have a car here? Yes. Um, it's a couple of threats away. Um, but then I said, but I'm not using my car to get to this meeting. I'm actually walking back to, to the meeting, which is on Shortland Street. Um, so several streets away. And so they start to get the picture, oh, she's actually not here to protest. And oh, oh God, she's actually, she really is a criminal defense lawyer. Uh-oh. Because <laughs> you come for a meeting with two lawyers. What have we got ourselves into? <laughs> oh, now, how do you back up the truck from that one then? This is getting interesting. Um, so they say to me, well, if you'll undertake not to come back today, we'll let you go without charge. Um, and I was like, oh, well. You'd be tempted to say, come on, charge me then, wouldn't you? I, I said to them, um, look, I actually do have places to be. I do have to go. Um, I wasn't planning on spending much time at this protest. Um, so I will undertake not to come back today. But if I didn't have places to be, I assure you that I would not be making that undertaking. I am not undertaking not to come back to future protests on future weekends. Um, and if it weren't for the fact that I have places to be right now, I would be getting back into the back of your van because I'm not intimidated by you. Yeah. Um, but once I had made that absolutely explicitly clear, um, I simply agreed to leave. Um, and so they let me go and they didn't charge me. I mean, they had threatened to charge me, um, but they d decided not to in the end. So anyway, I was walking away from the van when I was beckoned over by um, a member of the public who was um, standing on the side of the footpath who'd actually seen the whole thing, seen the entire event. And so she gave me her contact details and um, she so I have a witness of what happened um, if this goes to court or um, if um, the IPCA, the Independent Police Conduct Authority, get in touch with her, um, she can tell them what happened and it's not just my say-so. Oh, so there is a complaint to them? Yes, there is. Yeah. Okay, well, why would that, that have to get in touch with her? Wouldn't they, a witness, that have to? Oh, I, I imagine they will, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Wow. Okay. So, um, like uh, the um, Free Speech Union said, can you believe this would happen in New Zealand? Could you before that? Um, I'm a criminal defence lawyer. I have come across um, dishonest cops before. And I'm not just saying that casually. I, I'm thinking of one specific person whom I should not name, but um, I have seen a police officer lie in court before. Um, so it wasn't a complete shock to me that, oh my goodness, there are actually police officers in life who do bad things. But on the other hand, it, it was, what was a shock to me, I think, was the impunity with which these police officers, um, did what they did. Yeah. Um, because they knew that I had their police cop ID numbers, um, that, that, so, and they knew that I had recorded them. Um, and they arrested me after I had started recording them. Um, they weren't at all phased at the prospect of me laying a complaint. In fact, I told them when they released me from the van, 
I will be laying a complaint. And they said, like, okay, you do that. Um, so it doesn't mean much to them. They're, they, they're they, indifferent they offered, to it all. They they're offered not- to give me advice on how to lay a complaint. They also did not delete the footage from my phone, so they weren't concerned about that. Um, the, the, the whole time they gave well, no, me- that's dumb. That's dumb. Uh, these well, people are not very bright. Um, no, I think they're overconfident. Um, yeah. I think the, the strong impression that I got from everything that I'm describing is these people believe that they're going to get away with it, no matter whether I lay a complaint or not. They're not phased in the slightest. And she says in the footage, um, look, you've got our cop ID numbers, now go. Okay. So um, they weren't phased at the prospect of a complaint in the slightest. They weren't phased about illegally arresting someone, putting them in handcuffs, stealing their sign, and so on. Um, they they knew that there weren't going to be con- consequences, and that was what shocked me, not the fact that there yeah. were some rogue police officers who do, do bad things. So there must be pretty well... Happened. The culture of, let's say, Auckland police, minimum. Um, um, what I think is going on, and I thought about it later because this was, as I say, this was a surprise to me. Yeah. Um, what what I think is going on is that our law allows police to arrest someone where they have, and I quote, good cause to suspect a crime. Okay, well, that's how long is a piece of string right there. Well, the thing is that it's the police themselves who make a decision about whether to prosecute someone, including police officers who allegedly commit crimes, which, by the way, a lot of what they did to me was literally a crime. Assaulting someone is a crime. Stealing their sign is a crime. Destroying Um, Yeah. So it's the police themselves who have that discretion to prosecute or not. The Independent Police Conduct Authority... um, which is where you send complaints, does not have the power or the discretion to prosecute. And they've been asking for the power to prosecute because otherwise the very same people who decide whether to prosecute or not are the cops themselves. I think that they have deliberately taken a very liberal approach to what constitutes a good cause to suspect. Well, anything that makes their job easier. They have facilitated, I suspect, for many years, again and again and again, they have facilitated um, lazy policing, um, illegal policing, through an overly broad interpretation of what a good cause to suspect a crime is. And what that means is that all of those criminal complaints never even end up before the courts because it's the police who decide whether to initiate criminal proceedings. So it's not the... The criminal standard of proof and evidence does not apply. It's not relevant here because it's not the courts who are making this call. So I think that there is a conflict of interest in having the police themselves, the New Zealand police, decide whether to prosecute their own police. There needs to be some sort of prosecutorial separate service. Yes. Well, the IPCA could do that and they receive complaints. But the IPCA, not only do they not have the discretion to prosecute, they don't even have the um, ability to um, put something on someone's disciplinary record, according to their website. I looked this up. All that they can do is make recommendations to the police, whom I suspect protecting their right. Um, and I have made a complaint with them, and they've made a time with me 
this Tuesday for an interview. Apparently, 98% of complaints that are sent to the IPCA are not acted upon. They don't yeah. even interview people. But I am concerned that police have used this tactic of exploiting people's ignorance over and over again to intimidate them into doing things that they don't legally have to do. Yeah. Um, so I'll get that point across. Came across loud and clear. We hear you. Lucy Rogers, criminal barrister, arrested for peacefully holding a sign at a pro-Palestinian protest, though it's kind of on-the-job experience. I'm not making light of it, but I'm a criminal <laughs> criminal barrister who's actually bloody been arrested, by the way, so I know how yeah, it feels. I, I, had, I had someone at Auckland District Court just, um, he, uh, he, he said, um, good on you, mate, fuck the pigs, and I <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm, I don't believe in in all of that stuff. I'm not anti-cop. I'm not anti-police. Yeah. But it, it did give me a chuckle that they saw me as one of them. <laughs> well, they got to be careful. Um, if if you do what they did to you, um, and and you're talking probably more people than we probably realise have been through that experience for, uh, yeah, in whatever situation, then that's what ends up happening. People do yeah. say those things. They lose that trust. And yep. then it's even worse. We've got an even worse situation. Lazy policing, if that's what it is, yep. is, I mean, it's more than just physically lazy. It's yep. every kind of lazy you can think of right, all coming together right there. Well, I just thank God that we do not have armed police because imagine. Oh, yeah, imagine that. Imagine the people in that footage with guns. I, I just, I thank God that we do not have armed police. Well, you, they could have. They could have tasered you. They could have given you the taser. Sure, but at least they wouldn't be able to kill me and then no, say, oh, you know, dead people don't talk. Yeah, sort of having hot heads and next thing you know. Yep. Yeah. All right, thanks for coming on. All the best. And uh, maybe you can catch up with an update at some point. Yeah, perhaps. Be in touch. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio. Thank you for tuning in to RCR. Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to or dislike what you're listening to, either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057, that's 2057, or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you, so connect with us today.